Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. Poured out to a needy and dying world. Father, allow us to hear what your Spirit is saying. It's already been prompted as Rachel got up here, but Father, I thank you. <laughs> We know that you have this dialed in and you're not nervous about planet Earth and you're excited about the king and the kingdom is, uh, is on the throne. And we bless you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's God's goodness. We are uh, continuing with that, continuing with that. And we're talking about encountering God's goodness. And whoever encountered Jesus encountered goodness. And that's what we've been looking at. And obviously we've been looking at, at uh, John and uh, the one who wrote five books in the Bible, how he was... Uh, the son of thunder, that wasn't a, 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 a very pleasant explanation of him. He was like obviously a guy that had um, wanted to call down fire on certain people and that kind of, he had that temperament and then he becomes the apostle of love because that's what happens when, you, when Jesus touches you. And obviously got, Jesus got involved in the Mary, his mother, insisting that he'd helped at the wedding. And we see the wedding at Canaan, God does. And then the, the Samaritan person. Or he says, a Samaritan woman. No, the Samaritan person. That could have been a guy that Jesus met there. But it was a Samaritan woman that he met. And how he, without an argumentative attitude, was able to reach her and change her. And she walked into a town and brought a whole town to Jesus in, in, one, in, in just the way Jesus did it. And then obviously Matthew. You see in the Bible, it's always saying, uh, and sinners and tax collectors. They never chucked the tax collectors with the sinners. Because for them, in their minds, tax collectors were outside the category of sinners. They're worse than sinners. And so it's amazing that you read that. And obviously the lame man, been 38 years there, when asked the question, what do you want? He doesn't even answer the question. And so we've got full of excuses. We dealt with that. It's going to take effort. And then we also have experience. And then obviously last week I dealt with the adulterer and how Jesus didn't compromise, and he didn't, uh, and he 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 uh, he had compassion, and how he he dealt with it. And I want to end the series today by speaking about obviously our sermon I've never heard about spoken about, and that's Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene encounters Jesus, and I want to unpack it to us today. Um, and so Mary was from a village on the west side of the Sea of Galilee, and was called. Magdala, Magdala, because you lived right close there, Brian. Hey, Magdala, that's the old, the ancient harbors. And that's why they named her Mary Magdalene because she came from Magdala. Like uh, Jesus had the same problem as Coastal has. Coastal has so many mics. <laughs> and we're, I'm in another mic today. There he is, a friend of Harland. And so... So they had to, okay, this is Mary of Magdalene. Like we have Mike from Grand Haven and we got Mike from Wyoming and we got Mike the softballer and we got Mike the, the four square pastor and we got Mike the yes coffee guy. We got how many more Mikes? So we have to differentiate them by these other names we add to them. And so here we have six to nine Marys mentioned in the New Testament. Obviously the one that we clearly know and understand is the Mary of Rome. Paul writes about that. But the other Marys all get tangled up in the Gospels, and you don't know who's who in the zoo. 
I mean, we didn't know which Mary was which Mary. And there's Jesus' mom's Mary. Uh, Clopas' wife's name is Mary. James's mother's ma- name Mary. Mary of Bethany. And then obviously Mary Magdalene. So we got multiple Marys here. But Mary Magdalene is, is, is a very interesting person because there is a journey that she goes on. And as I was looking at her story going through the Bible um, and its, 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 its recordings in in the Gospels, I realized that Mary, in the duration from the first mention to the last mention, she actually was involved in three different teams. I call them three different teams as she journeyed her life. And, uh, and uh, you understand we get to serve in different teams. Obviously, Harland is in Team Amazon, even though he's captain of his team, um, uh, the Harringtons. Talking about the Harringtons, Buzz and Sharon. Woo-woo, where are you? Where are you, Buzz and Cher? Stand up, Buzz. Stand up, my friend. Have they? Whoa. No, the only reason why I'm saying stand up is because do they have any barbers up there? I've never seen your hair that long. Hallelujah. <laughs> but anyway, well, I'll just say that we can, we can be parts of different teams. Be parts of, 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 um, of the Fidelity team, or you can be part of um, Jerry's, uh, part of a SOD team that, that, that deals with that. You got all these different, you, have a, you can be also on a selfish team. The unholy trinity, me, myself, and I, that's a team. And so you can be on team self. There can be, you can be involved in a sin team. Team is anything that has a common mission. And a common goal, and, and, and you can be a part of it. And, and then there's obviously there's, there, there's um, sports teams that you're involved in and work teams that you're involved in, family teams that you're involved in, but you can belong to a team. And here Mary is um, seen, Mary Magdalene is seen in three different teams. And the first team that we realize she's is in, is in Team Satan. And that was surprising when I read Luke 8, verse 1. It says, yeah, now it came to pass after, afterwards that Jesus went through every city, and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the 12 were with him. And a certain woman who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons. So here we see Jesus found Mary Magdalene possessed by demons, bound by team Satan. That's where she comes into scripture. And so we see here that um, um, Mary was delivered of those demons. And uh, we got to understand that when we're born, we're born separate of God. We're not in team God when we're born. We're separate from team God. And when we're born, it's like anybody says, well, that's not fair. I'd love to be born into team God. Well, it's like being born into the Palmer family. I didn't have a choice of that. I was born into the Palmer family. I'm one uh, one of nine. I'm number eight. So we always joke with mom and dad that you ran out of parts when you came to the last two, that we weren't as gifted in brain cells and all the other things. We would always joke around the table about that because I was number eight of, of, of a tribe of nine. And so you didn't have a choice. And so here we are um, spiritually separated from team God. And we find ourselves where we have to make a choice as we grow up. We realize we have to make a choice. And the good news, Jesus came and gave us, a, gave us an option to change our team. That's what's the good news today. Jesus came and gave us the option. Team Satan, team sin, we get to choose which team we're in. And here in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, it says, For Jesus has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, from team darkness, 
and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, to kingdom, uh, the, 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 to the, the kingdom of, of, of his dear son, who, pers- who purchased our freedom with his blood and forgave our sins. Coastal, we've got a good deal with Jesus. We have got a very good deal um, going forward with, with, with those that, that, that love Jesus. In John 1.12, I've just got the, the reference up there. But it says here that to as many as received Jesus, to them God gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. To those who believe, God gave us the right to become team with him. And so it's important that we understand that. And so we, be, we, we join that team. And in John 8, 36, it says, Therefore, if a, a, the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And so Jesus understands that we are not born into his team, but he came and made a way so we could get into his team. And so here we see um, Mary Magdalene in Team Satan. What her circumstances was, how she got in there, was, was her parents involved in it? Did she do, make a choice to get in involved and dabble with that and tarot cards and all those little avenues that we can walk into these demonic worlds? Did she make that choice? Did she walk into that? I just want to tell you about the, dem- the demonic. We went, uh, 25 pastors had the privilege to go from South Africa to go up to, to uh, Ivory Coast. Ivory Coast is where all the hurricanes are brewed that come across here. So they kind of sow it to us from, from West Africa, Ivory Coast. Dion Robert was a pastor of an 80,000-member church. We wanted to see how it all worked and how it, how it all functioned together. And uh, when we got there, one of the tours he took us on was the demonology department. It was a hospital-like place. If you, anybody knows the, the old hospital of Bunnell up there, it was like that. You had to come in and you checked in. And then they would give you a clipboard like they always give you every medical place you go to and you got to give you a history again. Tell you, uh, you know, what are you, what are you allergic to? What meds are you taking? Whatever. It's about 17 pages. Can't they do it digitally? Good Lord. Frustrating. But you go into the demonology department and you have to fill in. Have you been in tarot cards? Have you been reading the horoscopes? What, what have you done? You kind of get a whole history. The senior pastor of that church puts himself through the demonology department twice a year. He says, I interact with so much of the dark world trying to reach him for Christ. I'm a fool to think that it would, it would not have an effect on me. And, and so he would present himself and, and allow himself to go through the demonology department. I just had looked at the, at the head of that demon de, 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 uh, department, and I'll tell you what, every demon will run that's in you. <laughs> he, he is a scary-looking dude, but man, had the heart of Jesus and would de- deliver us. My brother used to minister down in the south, south of Zimbabwe with the ranch there, and the ranch hands, he, would, he had a compassion, and he would re- lead them to Christ. And so he would then get an opportunity to water baptize them. And there were reservoirs there where they would pump water for the, for the animals and stuff. And he'd pump one of them down halfway so they could, they could be waist deep so he could water baptize them. And when he'd get inside and he'd pray for them and try and put them under the water, those that were demonized, those who were possessed of the devil would not go under the water. They would ski around the top of the water like a boat. Demons don't like water. They don't like going under the water. But there is a death and a commitment that's happening at baptism that's so important and so much more powerful than we understand. And so my brother had to get them out, cast the demon out, and then they would go under the water. 
So you've got to understand that the, 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 the team Satan has people bound. And, and so we were part of Ronald Bonkey's crusade. He was there and he had a crusade for two weeks. George, I don't know how you did that tent meeting. I'll tell you what, with your silver hair and your, I don't know where you found the energy to do the tent meetings, but he's just come from, I don't know, I mean, three weeks of tent campaigning and it's just amazing. And so we were there, it wasn't a tent, it was open ground and he would preach, Ronald Bonker, thousands would come every night. They would throw all their witchcraft stuff onto the stage and then he would, when he led them to Christ, he would say, come next Friday, God has got a gift for you. God's got a gift for you and everybody wants a gift. So they all would come back. Firstly, the pile that was higher than this building of all the stuff they would throw on the stage, all trinklets and, 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 and rabbit feet and every kind of thing that the witch doctors would give them. And you'd have to douse it with many gallons of fuel because that demonic place would not burn because he would first burn it and he says, okay, we're gonna burn this stuff. It was like a, a deliverance to the people. And then he said, okay, now we got the gift that God wants to give. And he says, now raise your hands. And he says, oh, and he speaks about the power of the Holy Spirit. And you watch 2,000 people on, a, on, a, on like a soccer field just go down like the grass prairies. The power of God comes in there. But I tell you what, the demons that are not out of some of those people start reacting. And us ushers, our jobs were to take, off, to take people off other, other mouths and stuff. And we had this one lady, she was a real native old granny. And she took eight of us to carry her to the back of uh, Ronald's uh, um, um, ministry platform to where guys were, were, were praying, praying for, the, for those that are uh, bound with demons. And this woman, she was speaking to us with a male American voice. She, and when we delivered her, and it was English. That's why I knew it was American. It was English. And after they delivered, she got delivered. She could not speak one word of English and she backward, back to her mother tongue. And we realized, man, Team Satan ha can get in and, and, and hold you and bewitch you. And Mary Magdalene was healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Infirmities, remember, we spoke about as a weakness. I want to just tell you that, that, that weakness is what the enemy would do, create the weakness in your life. Smith Wigglesworth, man, he kind of just brought clarity to understanding some of the, stu some of the stuff that demonic stuff does. And when he was praying, he prayed for thousands of people. He prayed for hundreds of dead people, 25 rose from the dead. Smith Wigglesworth is one of those ones that you want to fade your faith stood up read his stuff and so he was talking about one day in a healing line and then he came to two deaf and dumb people standing side by side and so he asked holy spirit holy spirit how do i pray and he said the first one just touch your lips touch your ears turn to speak in here and the power of god set them free so me with my bright sharp mind i would have gone to the second one and done this very same thing not smith wigglesworth father what do i do here he says, rebuke the spirit of deaf and dumbness because team Satan had him bound, set him free. I want to just let you know that the power of the name of Jesus sends darkness fleeing. And it's, it's important that we understand that. What about Christians? Can we be demon, demon possessed or demonized? Well, let me just tell you a personal story of going to Haiti. The darkest place on planet earth for me that I've ever been. It is, it is, it is challenging to go to Haiti. 
And so there's a lot of voodoo worship and all that stuff. And I went there in 97 with, with, with Dave Cape, Brian's brother, and we got to minister there. And the pastor had a vacant ground behind his house and 600 or so people used to come and pray there in the mornings. And I would be praying there. The third day, a guy came up to me who was known as a pastor in the area and he, and he said, can I pray for you? And, and so he prays over me in Creole. I don't know what he's saying. So anyway, I go back, back, to her, back home to South Africa, and man, I am miserable. I am pathetically depressed. And I, that's not me. And I just don't, I can't shake it off. So Viola, I intercessor, I phoned her one day. I said, Viola, man, I'm under the weather. It's just miserable. I can't get up. I just, I just don't want to do life. So she says, okay, she prayed for me then. And then she prayed for me later. She said, did a pastor come and pray for you while you were, while you were in Haiti? I said, yeah, a guy came and prayed and uh, uh, prayed creel all over me. He says, he cursed you. And here I am, yes, so I receive. I don't know what the heck the guy is saying. How dumb can you get and still breathe? That was me. I tell myself, Timothy 1, 1 Timothy 5, 22 says, don't, let, don't lay hands on people suddenly. Just because there's an impartation. And so I want to tell you that I had, and she, she prayed for me, sorted and I was free, happy, burnt the clothes that I went to hate you, and Valerie had got her, her roddy back. Okay, so that would teach, she would, Mary Magdalene was in Team Satan, but hallelujah, she left Team Satan and joined, joined Team Jesus, because Team Jesus is the other team that she, jo- she joined when she got delivered and set free from the demonic it's interesting. Many women followed and served Team Jesus' ministry. And I'll see you and I'll tell you why in a moment. But Matthew 27, 55 says, And many women who followed Jesus from Galilee ministered to him, among whom was Mary Magdalene. Luke 8, we read it. And it says here, that, And the twelve were with, G, with him, and a certain woman, Mary Magdalene, and many others who provided for Jesus from their substance. They took off their, 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 what they had and they supported the ministry of Jesus. And so we see that. And, and so when one encounters Jesus, his love, his kindness, and his forgiveness, like Mary did, and was free and healed and whole, there's something that, that, that gets you to serve Team Jesus because there's an attitude of gratitude. Man, I was, I was once bl- blind and now I see. Once I was bound and now I'm free. Man, I owe Jesus everything. I owe him every ounce of my time and my life and my energy. That's what I owe him. And it gets you to, to, to work and build alongside Team Jesus. And Team Jesus always builds a better house next to, next to you and then invites you in. Always remember that when you're speaking to others. Don't tear their house down if they believe something else or they're from a, do- a different belief. No, build a better house next to them and invite them in. That's how Jesus does it. That's how Team Jesus does Why many women helped serve and support Jesus, Team Jesus? Because Jesus was the greatest champion of women and womanhood. Jesus was the greatest champion for them. You gotta understand the culture that Jesus lived in in that day. I tell you what, the Jewish women were second-class citizens. They were not free in society. They must have not be observed in public. They either were under the father's grip or under the husband's grip. That is what the culture dictated that day. Interesting, though, Roman women were allowed to get educated, but they were not allowed to be in leadership. Egyptian women 
<laughs> they could be educated and they could rule. Hey, you want to be born, you want to be born Egyptian. Egyptian, Asian minor, and Macedonian woman were allowed to have private businesses. You see, there's different things that these women, and here we have Jesus lifting women out of the agony of, of being degraded and being used as a servant, only seen as a servant. Jesus has taken them. Why do you think they flocked to him? Because that's what he did. Jesus cut across the culture of the day. He talked to the Samaritan woman. That's why the disciples had, man, had a nervous breakdown. They come around the corner and he had Jesus, a man by himself speaking to a Samaritan, and it's a woman. I mean, you, you understand the whole, that that's how they've been, been messed up. Then he can, walks up to the, and heals a widowed, widowed woman's son. Then there's a sinful woman that touches him, cries on his feet, wipes the, the, the tears off with her hair, anoints his feet. Man, he's messing with culture here. He's cutting right across it. But man, he was, he was his head bent to say, woman, you are loved by us, by God, team God, team Jesus loves you. You are, you are right equal and ready to work alongside me. He brought them along with as he went. How Mary and Martha were dear friends of Jesus. He healed the handicapped woman. Uh, the Gentile daughter got healed. You understand all this was taking place. Team Jesus treated all equal. equal. They had same, same value and same worth. That was Team Jesus. And I'll tell you what. And Mary and Martha, uh, Mary Magdalene was in the mix. She was as much a disciple as the, as the men were. She was known as a special witness. Writers talk about her as a special witness. Some say that Luke received a lot of his report, recording and reporting of the, uh, the gospel of Luke from Mary Magdalene. Why? Because, man, she wasn't going to miss a thing. She was right there. She watched every move, listened to every word Jesus was speaking about. And, uh, and, and, and was as part of it. If you, I just want to tell you, church, if you want to enjoy the full benefit of being on Team Jesus, well, I want to let you know you need to get in, get in and start serving. You need to get involved. You need to help carry the cause of Team Jesus. If you really want to understand and appreciate that, why have I seen the stuff in the demonic world? Why have I seen the goodness and the healing? and the Why? Because I hang around the pond. They reckon you hang around the pond long enough, you're going to fall in. You got to, you got to stay here. You got to stay with what's happening. Don't, don't dabble off and do your own thing. Hang in with God. Hang in with what He's saying. Because you can, if you hang around, there's a whole lot of other stuff that will distract you. Where did I learn how the Holy Spirit's moving in a room? Where did I learn that? Sitting down a sound desk, serving, serving the ministry team, serving the people with good sound. I wanted to make sure. And every demon in hell hates the sound area and the sound, as you may notice when you started. And I just can't get involved. I've just got to sit there and say, Brian, you best pray or sort something out and get the sound working. I tell you what, because the demons are, don't like the, the airwaves because it's part of that whole deal. And, um, and, but how did I learn how Holy Spirit was moving? Because Kimmy and, and Maria, when they get onto the ivories like that, then suddenly you know that there's a new song going to come and I want to make sure the piano's ready. Or I know that Val's going to have, a, or, 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 or Freddie's going to start singing a, a, a prophetic song. I want to make sure I'm ready. Why? Because I learned by being involved, serving right there. How did I learn about praying for the sick? Man, if they wanted anybody to help catch anybody, I was up here. Why? Man, I'm, I'm a leech. I'm going to suck all this stuff out. 
I mean, you, 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 talk, you talk to George and Deborah. They work for Gloria Copeland and, and uh, Kenneth Copeland. And, and, and they would, man, they'd, do, they'd come back and say, hey, I'll wash your clothes. Man, there is a, an anointing that hangs around there. You've you got this passion to hang around with what God's doing because it rubs off. It rubs off. How does a nail become magnet? Put it on a magnet. In a little while, you'll find out that, man, that nail is magnet. Well, I'm going to hang around God because it's going to be sooner or later, the power of God's going to start flowing through me. How did I learn to pray for the sick? While I was sitting, hanging around the catchers here. So you come up here. Don't, don't hang back. If people come here before prayer, those that are praying, you come stand behind because if they're going to fall, I've got less room here now because we've got economy <laughs> seating now. All right. Mary carried the heart and the love for teen Jesus. She was committed to the cause, fully persuaded, never left Team Jesus for the rest of her life. I can guarantee you that. She never left Team Jesus. And I want to just tell you, Mary was the last at the cross and first at the tomb. Man, this girl, you just hang around her, it'll rub off on you. The excitement of being with Jesus. Here in John 19, 25, it says, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. There she is again. And I'm standing right here. Heartbroken, but I'm standing right here. Mark 15, 46. And then Joseph brought fine linen, took Jesus down, and wrapped him in the, in the linen. And he laid him in the tomb, which he had honed out of the rock, and rolled the stone against the door of the tomb. And Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, observed where he was laid. She wasn't missing a thing. She wanted to know where her Savior was. She, she may not have remembered that he was going to rise again, but man, she was, she was committed to this, the Jesus that she had fallen in love with. Now, Mary goes on to encounter Jesus like no other human. I want to bring that to our attention today. Like no other human. I'm going to have to say a few things before I get to that point, but I'm going to get to that point. Mary went home and observed Shabbat. Shabbat. That Sabbath was filled with absolute shock for her, grief and sadness. Why? Because the, the process, that, the thing that she went through, the, the one who set her free, that showered her unconditional love, that she served, that, that the one he healed and helped so many was now in a tomb. She had to process that. You've got to just don't read over it. You've got to understand that she's got to process that. Never mind the whimsical disciples that are hiding. They're also processing this. It's a shock to their system. Their hero is now in the tomb. They watched him die. And Mary needed closure to anoint and to embalm his body was her mission. She wanted closure. In Mark 16, 1, it says, Mary Magdalene brought spices to anoint Jesus' body. She says, man, I'm, it, this, this can't be over for me. I have to go and make sure he's prepared. Because they had a rush, put him in that tomb, close it, because the, 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 uh, the Sabbath was about to be upon them. The sun was about to go down. And the many that Jesus loved, helped, healed, touched, were nowhere. Nowhere. I want to tell you, do we leave Jesus, team Jesus, when things go difficult and when Jesus seems distant? Do we leave team Jesus? I tell you what, sometimes I am in so, it's so, it's so dark, I think I can't even find the light switch, my God. It is just, and I want to just say this to you. Coastal, listen, do not forget in the dark what God shows you in the light because it, you are going to go through that. 
because we live in a fallen world, there are going to be dark times, dark situations, times when you feel alone, when you can't hear from God. I was listening, uh, talking to, to a man today, and he's, he's desperately wanting to hear from God, and it's crickets. I said, well, you do what you do. You hold like Braveheart. Enemies thundering on you, hold, hold, hold. That's what you have to do. Don't forget in the, in the darkness what God has showed you in the light. The love of Christ will hold us through the pain, through the heartache, through the hurt, through the trials, and through the tribulations. You ask Scott and Melanie. You ask Ruth and, and Daryl. You ask Mike. Each have lost a son. That is when I tell you when darkness hits you, your heart is crushed. It is just the most challenging thing. And the only thing you can do is hang on to the coat of Jesus and say, Jesus, I ain't gonna let you go. I cannot understand this. I cannot tolerate the pain. But I've watched Jesus pull these couples through and they sometimes they still gotta hang on to God because he never fails. We remember his greatness, his goodness. He will take us through. He may not take it away, but he'll take us through. And we gotta remember that. Val and I went through the deepest <laughs> Deepest pain and rejection and heartache under, a brutal, uh, under brutal leadership. And I tell you what, if I didn't know the fingerprints of Jesus, the touch of Jesus, I would have thrown in the towel. I would have given up. But I knew that everything that was happening was from an insecure leadership and Jesus' fingerprints weren't on this. But it was still painful. It was still heartache. How long? One year? Two years? I want to just tell you, 10 years. 10 years before, before we, could, we, could, we could find a place of healing and reconciliation. 10 years. But I know that as a pastor standing in front of you, I know how not to treat people. <laughs> I know how not to treat people. I sit right there, that anybody speaks down to you from here, I'm coming in like a pit bull. The rodden staff is this shepherd's tools. The rodden staff. Now church, Jesus paid a high price for you. Whoever stands up here, best respect you because Jesus paid a high price for you. That's, that's my heart. So <laughs> I was going to tell you that, Jesus, that Mary encounters uh, Jesus like no other human. Got to bring it to your attention. Mary and Mary's mother, uh, James and Salome, are the only humans ever to see Jesus between his descension and his ascension. And I would explain this. Mary was the only one that spoke to Jesus, held his feet, and worshipped him in that position. No other human ever, ever did that. Because he went down to, to, to the pits. He went down to get the keys of hell, grave, and the death. He went and got that. He went and led captivity captive, and he bought them, and he, and he took them. And in the transition, that's why he said to Mary, don't hold me because I haven't been to the Father. I haven't taken my blood to the mercy seat. The payment for all of humanity's sin. I haven't taken it there. And Mary gets to, to be with Jesus right in that, in, in that realm, in that space. And when he goes there, presents it, then he comes back and he sees the disciples. But let me read the scriptures in case you're thinking I'm, I'm speaking from the book of imaginations. Let me just show you here. Matthew 28, the woman ran quickly from the tomb. They were frightened, but also filled with great joy. Obviously, the angel had just spoken to him and said, why are, you, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. 
And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. That's our Mary Magdalene. She was there. Tell you what, you hang around Jesus, you're going to get those special moments. That's what's going to happen. And, but I really want to, us to close with this, uh, the account of John as we, as we look. The other team that, that Mary joins herself to. I want to see in John chapter, uh, chapter 20, verse 1. It says, early on the Sunday morning, while it, uh, it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Mary was, was standing outside the tomb crying. That's verse 11, crying. And as she wept, he stooped, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been laying. Not anymore. And verse 13, dear woman, why are you crying? The angel asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied. And I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. You know, the woman, they, they, they were in their demeanor, never were able just to look at a man. They were not allowed to just appear. They, they, they kind of had to continually cower and have these in their peripheral vision. So that's why I can, I can see why she couldn't recognize who it was that was speaking. She turned to leave. It was Jesus, but she did not recognize him. <laughs> Listen to the same words, same words that the angel said. Dear woman, why are you crying? <laughs> Jesus asked her, who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said. If you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, boom, guns. This is the way I call Valerie. This is the way I call certain people. That it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a way of endearment and a way. Of, and I tell you what, when he said Mary, Jesus said, she turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is in Hebrew, teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go find my brothers. Listen to the verbiage. It has changed. Find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples, told them, I have seen the Lord. And she gave, and she gave them his message. She got to see Jesus in that realm of between dissension and ascension. No other, except those, the, the, those, those ladies that were there. Mary gets to encounter Jesus between that. Jesus was required to go to the mercy seat and take his blood and place it there before the Father, before he could continue to interact. In Ephesians 4, 9, it says, yeah, notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to uh, to our, our lowly parts, another translation, low parts of the earth. And the same one who ascended, descended is also the one who ascended high, higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Man, you talk about the kingdom of light taking dominion over everything. There it is. But Mary got to see Jesus right in that transition of going to be at the Father. She was the first to worship the resurrected Christ. She gets to do that. And then she gets to launch my third team. She gets to learn, launch Team Go. 
You understand it's a woman that preached the gospel for the first time. It's the woman that preached it. Man, what a privilege. What a place, ladies. You get to see here, it says, go find my brother and tell, brothers and tell them, I've ascended to my father and your father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. And then she gave them his message. That's what we've got to do and got to understand that we've got to be in team go. We've got to go and team go. We cannot hog this, this, this incredible gift that we have of salvation. We can't hog it. We've got to go and tell it. Mary was commissioned to tell, to speak, to proclaim, to preach. What? Christ is risen. Christ is risen. That's what she had to preach. Go and tell. Sin is paid. All past, present, and future sin is paid. He paid for it all. It's a relationship deal now. Do you want Jesus or don't you want Jesus? Because it's not a sin issue anymore. And you don't have any power of, uh, over sin until you, until you sort that relationship deal out. Because then he takes residence inside you and he overpowers and breaks the power of sin in your life. That's what Jesus does. So we don't understand it. And go and tell them we are family now. We are officially family. Jesus is our brother and God is our father. Woo. Let that settle. That's wonderful. Mary gets to carry, communicate, and call others to encounter the risen Christ. I've spoken to you about the encountering the Christ that walked the earth, but here Mary is inviting us to encounter the risen Christ. It's a different ballgame completely. Coastal, you and I are in, are in Team Jesus, and we're in Team Go. We've got to get go and tell. Without a doubt, I can guarantee you, Mary was there at the ascension. She didn't miss anything else from the, from, the, from, the, from the cross to the tomb. She wasn't going to miss out on the ascension. And I can guarantee you she wasn't going to miss, miss out on the day of Pentecost. I can guarantee you she was one of the 120 in that upper room. And I'll tell you about the upper room, and we're going to talk about it next week. Because Ma uh, Maria Tilton is up. Brace yourself. Buckle up. Because she's speaking on Pentecost Sunday, which is next Sunday. Brace yourself. And I'll tell you what. That's what empowers us to go. That's what empowers us to be on Team Go. And, and, it, and it's what uh, Mary launched. Mary launched Team Go. And we need a part. She was out and for the rest of her life, I know that she worked on liberating all from sin, sickness, and sadness. She, she recruited for Team Jesus as far as she went. And I know that those of us in this room that have been touched dearly by God have, have committed our lives to find every opportunity to, to be in Team Go and go and tell people all about it. Bringing people to, uh, out of Team Satan to Team Jesus. Bringing all into the household of God. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you. We're a blessed people. To hear this news today is we're a blessed people. To be able to live in this, in this, in this, in this, in this good news, this glad tidings, this victory over, over sin, sickness, Satan, and, and, and his cohorts. Father, we, we can live in it. We can breathe in it. We can function, my God, free because we are on team Jesus. But Father, we, we know, Bob, Holy Spirit, you're empowering us to be in team go, that we would go for the cause of Christ. Father, as we've seen the commitment of Mary Magdalene and her dedication and her involvement and her, and, her, and her being right there at the coalface, Father, allow that spirit to stir within us that we would do the same, that we would be the same. Father, we, we, we call on it. 
we need to be quickened by the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. We're asking that you quicken us, quicken us so that we would go into the highways and the byways, that we find every opportunity, that our countenance and our demeanor would, would, would reflect and demonstrate your goodness and your greatness, my God. And they would look at us and they'd say, we want what they have. Because my God, we're a true representation of Team Jesus. And my God, I thank you for liberating the woman. So Father, that they can do anything that the male sex can do. The woman can do anything and everything, my God. We thank you for that. Thank you, opening eyes on, on, on women today, Father, that you, you're getting them to step up. The Catherine Coleman's are stepping up now, allowing the spirit and the power of God to flow through you, woman. Flow through you, flow through you. Come on, ladies, come on, say yes. Yes, me, use me, Lord. I tell you, God wants to use you. He wants to empower you. No backseat for you any longer, ladies, no longer. Hallelujah, Father, we thank you. We thank you. And if you haven't made Team Jesus, you see, either, either in Team Satan or in Team Jesus, there's, there's, no, there's no no man's land. You're either for God or you're against God. And if you don't like God that much and you hate him, he loves you so much that he'll let you to go to a godless eternity because he doesn't want to torture you and cause you to be with him for eternity if you don't like him and you don't love him. But I tell you what, you've been badly misinformed about the goodness and the greatness of our of God. And I want you to reconsider the loving faithfulness of our God that we serve and that we love. Open your heart to him. And if you find yourself in a place where say, Jesus, I don't know, but can I join team, team Jesus? Well, I just want to tell you, he's made that invitation long, long time ago, and he's waiting for you to RSVP it. He wants you to answer the invitation. Because it's not a sin deal anymore. It's done. It's paid. My past sins, my present sins, and the stuff I'm going to mess up in the way forward. Not intentionally, but and Jesus dealt with it at Calvary. And I know it's not a sin issue. It's a relationship issue. And if you find yourself in that place saying, I want to be in team Jesus. Well, I'll tell you what, he's, he's seeing your hand. He's seeing your heart right now. And he's saying, come, come, come. Just say in your heart, Jesus, I come to you as Lord and Savior.